Hey, everybody. How we doing? Black and White Christianity coming at you. We're so glad that you're tuning into the podcast, and we're very, very thankful for all of you that listen around the world. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about, it's really a question, are you positioning yourself in a place to do God's work? And me and the guys tonight are really going to uh, nail some points home to have you consider and give and, and really be accountable if you're doing this, or are you avoiding uh, the work of God. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Great. Got Got everybody it. talk at once. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Guys, we have Gary and Tyreek with me like normal tonight. I'm very thankful that they're both here with me. And let's just dive right in. Gary, I believe you wanted to start. Uh, yeah. So if we're talking about uh, doing the works of God, you know, being put placing ourselves in a position to do God's work, then we really have to, let's just start at the beginning, the starting position, which is you cannot do God's work void of Christ, right? Like you must have Jesus. John 6 clearly tells us this as, you know, the people are asking, you know, what must we do to do the work of God? And then Jesus explains, and I'll read uh, some of that in John 6, bear with me. Um, it's a little, little lengthy, uh, but I think it's worth reading. So I'm in John 6, 27. Labor not for the meat which perish, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? So they're asking the question, okay, so how do we do the work of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him who he has sent. Well, who is that? Jesus is talking about himself. They said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Again, he's talking about, he's hammering this home. He's talking about himself. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And if you go down to 40, and this is the will of him that sent me. So this is the will of God, that everyone which seeth the Son, anyone who sees the Son and believeth on him, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on that last day. So from the very, if you, if you're, if you're, if you're out there and you're questioning, you know, you want to, you know, you want to do uh, God's work where well, you can't even, you, you can't please God, you can't work for him, you can't do anything for him without having fully placed your trust in Jesus Christ, period. If you, do, if you, if you don't have Jesus you can't do the work of the Father, period. 
So I have a, a little, so I'm going to play a little bit of an advocate here to your point. So we can, so it'll be like somebody's asking you the question. So I can't do anything that God commanded me to do that would be valid unless I put my hope and trust in Jesus. A hundred percent because we all sin period. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. that gap that's there, Jesus, Jesus covered our sin and what he did, you know, he came, he paid the price. He took our punishment, took it to the grave, rose three days later to defeat that sin. All right. So you can do all the good, good works you want. You know, you can, you can, you can give as much as you want to charity. You can be as kind as you want to be, but you've sinned and the punishment for sin is death period. So if we, if we don't have that relationship, if we haven't placed placed our trust in him, and that is Jesus, then we simply don't have a relationship with God. So what all any work you do is just invalid. It's Hmm. pointless. It does you no good. And I think to your point that you're making that anything outside of Christ is essentially worthless. Um, Isaiah talks about this and says, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We are all uh, shriveled up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. So there is, like to your point, to do the work of God, you have to believe on the one that was sent by God. And to be loved by God, you have to obey the one that he sent. And if you love Christ, you will. You will follow his commands. You will do what he says. And so that is the the starting point. And when I, when I, this is an issue that I have because a lot of people, when they come to Christ, if you look at it like a race, they're at the starting line. They cross the starting line and then they sit down and they think that's it. I'm in. I did it. I said something. I did something. I'm done now. And it would be like you're in a marathon and you walk across the starting line and you just sit down and that's it. And that is not it. We have to continue on. And I think it's such a good point that you made because to even get started, you have to submit your life. A lot of people think that I've got to use what I know and do. And Paul and Paul even says, I consider everything up to this point as rubbish, as garbage. It's not worth anything. Now that I have Christ, it's all about Christ and what Christ wants. And I have to tell you all that are listening today, if you are doing something, talking about something, get more excited about something than you do about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may have something in your life that would be considered idolatry. And I would ask you honestly and kindly and gently to just take assessment of your life of you started the race. Now get rid of the things that are in your way that cause you to not be able to continue the race. Is that a fair enough statement, gentlemen? Absolutely. So why, what is it that the Holy Spirit gives you when you come to Christ that helps you to do the work of the saints? What is it that the Holy Spirit allows you to now do that you weren't able to do before? Are you alluding to discernment? I'm alluding to both of you, assume, assuming that we're just talking about specifically 
what the Spirit is now enabling you to do now that you went into the baptism of Christ and you now submitted your life to him? What is it that it gives you now that you didn't have before? And no matter what you did in your own strength, it didn't matter. Power. The power. Okay. The gifts of the Spirit, like Gary said, discernment. I, I asked that question to, to explain to you guys, there are evidence of people that walk with Christ. There should be some kind of evidence in your life other than just lip service. I'm a Christian. Here's the deal. That's not good enough. It's not. It's not good enough for you to just say, I'm a Christian. Well, that's fantastic. But let me look at your life for a week, and then I'll make my own decision on whether or not that tree has fruit. I'm not judging you. I'm just being discerning and looking at your life. I want to read from, actually, Tyreek, did you have something you wanted to go on? Uh, no, go ahead. I, I'm, I'll clean up. So Gary, Gary started with starting the work of Christ, doing something, getting, getting started so you can do the work of Christ. I'm going to be talking about, as you go along, how to stay vigilant and endure to continue the work of Christ. 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse 2 says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Here's the deal. When you become a Christian, you are now on mission to do the work of Christ, period. And you are given all of the tools to put in your tool belt to help you to do that. But one of the main essential things that's a basic will of the Father and of Christ is to share the good news about Jesus. Now, let me ask you both this question. Why is that so difficult? And why does that always get put on the back burner in modern day American Christian lives? Why is that secondary? Why isn't that something we go to right away? Because there's, there's no, there, there's no preceding notion that it's going to be met with an understanding. I'm not, I'm not saying like, we're talking about why this kind of stuff happens. I'm not saying that it's a correct um, thing. I'm saying it's a true thing. Uh, if, like, for example, if I was to go and I was to speak to whoever about um, sports, man, how, how about the Lakers or how about whatever, whatever, like if they're about sports, they're going to meet that kind of energy. You know, and like most times you can tell if somebody's about sports or about, you know, golfing or if they're about reading like uh, novel, whatever. Like you, you just go about and you see them and then you meet them where they are. When you come to somebody about your faith in Christ and want to speak to them about the things of life, the, the thing is, if these people are not concerned about that that's not their concern um most people get offended or most people say oh you're trying to cram it down my throat and this and that and a lot of people shrink from those kind of conversations instead of meeting those kind those kind of conversations head on like um you know if if you were there's a um there's an actress, um, China McLean. She put out a she put out a, a, a video on YouTube, and she like she likened um, telling people about Christ and uh, eternal life to um, 
and, and, and the dangers of not having Christ in your life to hanging out at your house and you go outside and you see a big old poisonous snake in your backyard and you come back inside and you're un, and you're unaffected by this poisonous snake. But then you just come in and you come back and sit down with your friends and stuff like that. And you don't say anything. And then somebody's like, oh, I'm about to go outside in the backyard and I don't know, take a phone call or whatever. And you just be quiet about it and you let them go back there and then they get bit. And it's like, oh, man, I just got bit by a snake. Like, yeah, there was one back there. Why didn't you say anything? Like, oh, well, you know, I didn't want to offend you. I didn't want you to think like I was being funny or whatever the case may be and blah, blah, blah. Well, now, because this individual's bit, they can care less about what, how it feel, how their feelings, but how they are actually feeling, what physically happens to them. And if you care about somebody, you tell. If you if you care um, and you want good for people, you tell them the truth. You want that. You want them to avoid the flames. You want them to avoid eternal damnation, especially if you don't have that understanding. I want to give it to you so you don't have to go that route. But if you do decide to go that route, it's not going to be in ignorance. It's going to be because I said something and you did and you decided to not heed what I was saying. So most people are just afraid of confrontation, afraid of how things will be received, afraid of uh, being, being, uh, um, like said that you're trying to push this stuff down my throat. Like, oh man, all you Bible thumpers, you're always trying to push things down people's throats and stuff like that. People don't want to, don't want to feel like they're giving you good news. And then you're just like, you could take your good news up the street. I don't want to hear that stuff. So like, um, I, I, to me, those are the, those are the big things that I think people shrink from telling people the good news about is those kind of reactions. So when you were talking, there are three things that kind of came to my mind uh, to add to yours, fear of rejection, fear of persecution and fear of loss. Those are the, those are some three major things that people do not talk about Jesus about because they're afraid. They're afraid that either A, the status quo is going to change, B, they'll be persecuted, or C, they will lose friends or family. They're afraid of these things. And they're more afraid of the loss in this earthly realm than how they're not doing what their king has told them to do. So here's something that I would, I would ask that those that are listening to help you identify why you're not placing yourself, and I'm not making an assumption that you're not, I'm just saying if you're not, identifying the distractions, identifying the distractions in your life. What is that thing that's always drawing you from Bible study, from prayer time, from doing things with other believers, from going to church? What is that thing that always seems to kind of show up when you're getting ready to go do something that has to do with the Lord's work and the Lord's people? It's uncanny. How it just happens to uh, appear nowhere. Moment, you don't always recognize it. You're like, oh man, that was that's kind of out there. I, I gotta handle this now. You know, this is just something with the family, or this is something with the money, or this is something with the house, or this is something with the work, or or whatever. And you just go along. And then the day passes and you gotta do it another day, and something else comes up. And so I think one of the biggest reasons that a lot of people on top of fear is distractions. So identify what those are and overcome them. Know 
the scriptures say clearly, we're not unaware of the devil's schemes. So you don't be unaware either. Thoughts, gentlemen. Gary. Well, I've, I've, I've dealt with a lot of that in my walk. And, you know, I've said on here before, um, there's been a lot of lukewarmness in my life that I've had to recognize and move away from. And a lot of that uh, deals with the distractions, right? And a lot of people just don't, you know, they always want to look at everything like, oh, come on, man. It's not that big a deal. Uh, it's 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 a football game or it's this or that. And then you end up missing church because of it. And then you and you just keep making these concessions for right, 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 you right. know, what what your flesh wants instead of purely seeking what Christ wants for you and what he wants mm. of you. So, you know, it's it's a listen, this is why the road is so narrow. Because it's so Amen. it's so easy to sit on the couch and watch a football game. It's so easy to allow all the different things that this world throws at you. It's real easy to follow the world. It's it it takes it takes time, effort, and a willingness to be obedient to what Christ calls us to do. And that's that's work. That's the work. So you know if right. you're you know, if you're a Christian, right, you just like Walt said, you got to evaluate yourself, always be evaluating. Um, that's that's something that I've had to do. Um, that's something that every Christian has to do. None of us run the race perfect, but we need to run it well. And we need to be constantly reevaluating where we're at so that we know that we're on that narrow path and staying on that narrow path. Amen. Amen. Another thing that go ahead, Tyreek. Um, I I don't want you to lose your thought because I'm about to go off. So you want to you want to go ahead? No, and, no, no, no. I've got it written down. You're good. Go ahead. Do oh, your thing. All right. Um, I really I I really want to just take elements from everything that we talked about right now, and and on a and on another note, pick up from where Gary kind of uh, left off. You know, you need Christ. You can't. Yeah, all, all your all your works, all everything that you do, or anything like that, it's just empty without Christ. It has no meaning. It has no power. It has not. It has none of those things. Like it, it's just gestures. If it's not given, um, in, in in service unto the King, because He's the one that gives you the power. He's the He's the vine. We're the branches. If we're not in Him, we can't bear fruit. We can't do it. So, right. um. Uh, I just I just want to pick up off of there because um, I think I think a lot of people that are believers are looking for the prestige of some type of position. Oh, I'm a head pastor here. I'm a bishop here. I'm a deaconess here. I'm a prophetess this. I'm a whatever that people want this kind of like prestige that they think that comes with being a servant of the almighty, which I mean, I, I'm not here to argue that. I what I am here to say is that I think that that is very trivial in in the essence of what we're actually doing here. Um, your 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 walk, period. How you conduct yourself, period, is a testimony to believers. So I mean, to non-believers and believers alike. 
how you actually conduct yourself. I can't tell you how many times that I've had uh, conversations with true believers in God, and I've been in awe of how humble they are, or how knowledgeable they are, or how meek their person is, or like, you know, their servant mindedness, you know, the uh, their ability to always be pleasant, even and even in the worst kind of scenarios, like there, there's so many, you know, that their their uh, scriptural understanding and and how they have committed so much scripture to memory, and they they just let it flow in a scenario. So a lot of times, we're we're I'm gonna read Romans nine and twenty one, and then I'm a, and then I'm gonna revert back to something else. Romans nine and twenty one says, um, "Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purpose and some pottery for common use?" I believe a lot of people um, covet the special use instead of looking more so at the common purpose. Your walk should reflect Christ in your life. Yeah, how how people see you in your day-to-day life, not in not in the time when we put on a shirt and put on a tie and we come in and we come to proclaim Christ to you. This is great. I love this. But when when you're just in some basketball shorts and you're in a store or you're over here and you're and you're interacting with the public like Walter said like when when you have these conversations why why isn't Christ coming out of your mouth when people say oh how you doing I'm blessed of God thank you so much you know my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ saw that to it that I woke up this morning stuff like that you don't even you know just proclaiming what it is that you believe and how you believe you don't even have to ask people do you believe in Jesus Christ no start off I believe in Jesus Christ God bless you like all these different things project what's going on on the inside and instead of trying to draw out something that may not be in somebody else that you see or whatever the case may be project to show the light of god that's inside of you so what i'm gonna go to next um is titus 2 and 11 and i and i ask everybody here to um just read Titus 2 all the way through and just it's, it's great but Titus 2 and 11 for the grace of God appeared that offered that offers salvation to all people it teaches us to say no to ungodliness worldly passions and to live set controlled upright and godly lives in this present age listen to that verse it's that that's so much about how you conduct yourself in your day-to-day life, not about all the glitz and glams of positions and titles and all of these different things that we that we aspire to. Oh Lord, I want you to use me for something magnificent and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna represent for you. Represent where you are. And if you representing where you are, the Lord will elevate you. Because first, I need to know that you're going to be diligent with these little things. And then I'll give you more if that's what I have. Right. And if you submit yourself to Christ, if you yield in yourself to Christ, whether he promotes you to some high standard or he keeps you where you're at, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be happy there. You're going to still serve where you are. And when it's time for you to move there, you will have the ability to move up because you know what it is to serve. You know what it is to show Christ. You know you have been in your word. You have that inside you. So 
a couple examples out of the Bible and literally just two and then I'm done. You you think about Joseph. Joseph, he was just he was just telling his brothers about his dream. God blessed him to have prophetic dreams. He's just telling his brothers about what he what he dreamed and how everything was going, just showing his family. And what did they do? Sell him into slavery. And and everybody would just look at that and be like, wow, can't tell family nothing. And that may be true, but guess what? <laughs> you had to go from where you were sold into slavery to be able to be in the to be able to be in the palace, to be able to be next to the king, to be able to influence people for Christ. Don't be afraid of don't don't be afraid of that kind of stuff. If God was with you when you were good and your mind good, he'll be with you when you're bad and he'll be with you on your come out. Another example, King David, they came to come see, all right, we got to replace all. What are we doing here? Let's see your sons. The Lord told me to come here. They looking at all of these dudes like, mm, where you got? Forgot about David. He's out there being diligent with doing his shepherd thing. That's a lowly position. What ends up happening? He becomes the king. We got to we got to remember that we have to be diligent and sober minded and and uh, content, but also have that ferocious um, zeal toward the things of Christ. And then if those things are for you, meant for you to be elevated and to do something of special use instead of your common use, then amen. But if you stay in your commonplace, amen. Just always be willing and ready to serve. Always be in the word of God. Be prepared to do the will of God in season and out of, and out of season. Have an answer for people when they, when they say, why do you have this kind of joy? I have it because Jesus Christ resides on the inside. So lastly i just want to just encourage everybody like if you if you the best way to position yourself in the kingdom of god is to be content where you are to be mm. in the word have that residing on the inside of you be prepared to be able to move when something comes your way but also be effective where you are be effective right where you are there's something you can do right where you are do that thing. Stop trying to aspire to something more when you haven't even started. To, like Walter said, you the you you said the words and you step over the line and then you just sit there like, no, I'm waiting for God to, you know, the God got more for me than just this. Like negative. Use your gifts where you are. That's it. Can I, I just want to say one thing real quick. Um, so before I was saved and I still keep in touch with this guy to this day, um but there was this uh, so you guys have to know i've been at the same place working for almost 18 years so i've had a lot of history there and this guy that used to work there he's on the cleaning crew his name is daryl and before i was saved you know just simply walking by him and say hey daryl how you doing today by the grace of god brother by the grace of god i'm doing well and you know and and if he caught your attention when he said that to where you stopped, looked at him, he would go into just a little bit of his testimony. You know, I got saved back in 1972, you know, and he would and he would say that that little that is doing God's work. Mm -hmm. OK, just that just that. Like you said, Tyreek, somebody asked you how you're doing. Right. You can literally change somebody's life by simply saying those words by the grace of god by the grace of god i am i am well 
And then you don't, you don't, you have no idea what that might strike up in conversation. And guys, you have to understand that wasn't the only thing, right. That got me to come to know Christ and have, and have that relationship. But that certainly had an impact on me. Right. So, so it's even just those little things that we can do that those little jobs that we have sharing the gospel and just, you can simply do it with, with, uh, with the response to how's your day. So I just wanted to pounce on it. So the, uh, you know, another way to kind of, we talked about identifying distractions. Tyreek talked about, uh, uh, you know, being content where you are and being looking at the work that was given to you where you are. That's another great point. Another thing to look at is priorities. Are you prioritizing your time and not looking at it like it's yours? Are you looking at the time that you were given? It was a gift and using it to serve the one that gave it to you. You, He doesn't owe you anything, but he's given you this time to use wisely. And so priorities are your priorities Christ-based or are they Walter-based or Tyreek-based or Gary-based? Are your priorities more about you than about the one who saved you? There's a problem. That needs to be addressed, period. If you're too busy in your day-to-day life to not do his work when it comes up, that's what I read, be ready in season and out of season. That means your day cannot be so stringent that the Lord says, hey, look, you you know the Holy Spirit has just grabbed hold of you and says, go talk to that person right there. But you say, you know, I got to go do this thing. Uh, it shouldn't be that way. It, we, we, should, we should absolutely be willing to be obedient and stop our program to be engaged in his. It should not be so, ah, you know, Lord, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to do that. And then that person dies. You were the last line of defense. You were the one that was going to come in and speak to them about the saving grace of Jesus. But you had better things to do. You had soccer practice. You had this. You had that. And this person is now gone, and their soul lives on forever, but you were too busy. You had other stuff to do. The soul is the most valuable thing we've been given. And like Tyreek said, if you were called to be a janitor in a small little Midwest town, and that was your ministry, but you want to be the big missionary and go to Africa and do all this, at that point, you are now disobedient. You are not staying where the Lord placed you in the area he placed you because it says wherever you were called, remain where you were called to do the work. Remain. He called you in that position for a reason. You're there. I, I can't stress this enough. You're leaving something good for something better. You taking care of your family is a good thing. You paying your taxes, that's a good thing. You doing other stuff that the world does essentially to be moral is a good thing. But the stuff you do for Christ is a better thing. And you're leaving a good thing for a better thing. And I'll ask everybody that's listening right now, when you're thinking in your mind, I don't beat my wife. I take my kids to school. I go to work. I bring home a check. Lay all your stuff out. And then ask yourself, how much different am I than the pagans? Or do they do all this stuff too? What makes me different? What about my life makes me different than the pagans that are moral? It would humble you to find out that some of you laid those things out 
and not a thing is different. But you still claim Christ. But you don't do anything that Christ asked you to do at all. And Hebrews 12, 29 says, our God is a consuming fire. So the question you have to ask yourself is, is he consuming you? I don't, I don't know what else to say. And I'm, I'm very fired up about it because I want people to understand that you get one time around. That's it. And then you get to give an account for everything you did on that one time around. I think you laid it out perfectly, Walt. I mean, that's, that's, you know, you could, could, couldn't say it much better. You know, we, uh, it, it really is distractions. And if you do lay it all out there, man, I mean, that, that's the, that's, that's what I was talking about earlier. It's the, it's the, it's the constant evaluation that needs to happen. If you're, if you're claiming Christianity, we're not, this isn't a beat you up session. It's a, it's a, it's a, Hey, time to get serious. You know, the wake you up session. Yeah, you got to wake up and you've got yes. to always be evaluating. It's a good yes. thing to evaluate. Like Walt said, right. lay it all out on the table. Where do I look different? And if you don't right. look different, that's a, then that's a problem. Then, then it is a problem and address it. Yep. Address it. Don't wait. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And guys, like Gary said, it's not a beat up session. It's just to stir you up to actually look in the mirror and say, am I a Christian without telling somebody that I'm a Christian? Can they tell I'm a Christian without me saying, hey, man, I'm a Christian. Can they just look at your life and say something's different? There's something different about that person. He don't hold to the world's standards. He don't do what the world does. Guys, don't, don't come to the end of your life and say, boy, I just did what I wanted. I ran after the money. I got caught up in worldly things. And now I'm to the end of my life so full of regret that I didn't do more for Christ that I'm, I'm terrified now. Not to say that your works save you. I'm just saying that I don't want you to leave this world with the regret that the world enticed you so much that Christ did not consume your whole life. So that's all I have, guys. If, if you guys want to say anything at the end, if not, we'll close. Guys, we're very, very thankful that you've been here with us again. Uh, just know we love to hear from you in the comments on YouTube. We're also on all the uh, audio platforms out there. Guys, like always, we love you and God bless.